With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hey guys, it's Bob Flounders and Dave Jones back for the second Blue White Breakdown podcast here. And man, what a week. Iowa, Penn State at Kinnick Stadium, mid-afternoon, 4 o'clock kick, East Coast, 3 o'clock kick out there. It's going to be in the 80s. Dave and I were just talking about the weather. Reminds me a little bit, Dave, of the 2017 game that McSorley and Juwan Johnson, they teamed up to score on the final play. It was like 95 degrees that day. I could not. not, I did not remember that. I cannot believe how hot it was. Yeah, Yeah, I was like the last week in September, something like that. It was smoldering out there. (laughs) I I don't get to use that word much. There's no heat like a cornfield heat. Is there (laughs) corn belt? It It was hot. That was the game. I still, I, everyone talks about Barkley and the Rose Bowl and that run. That game against Iowa to me was his best performance as a Lion uh, against a really good defense. He, he, he had like 300 total yards of offense in that game. He caught 12 passes for like eight, 90 yards. He jumped over some guy on the sideline. Joe Hermit's famous shot. Yeah. Joe's best ever. To me, that was, I think he had a couple kickoff returns. It was just a fantastic effort, and they needed every bit of it to, to get uh, Iowa at the finish. And, and Dave, it's probably going to be one of those games where maybe Penn State's going to need to do some things in the fourth quarter uh, on Saturday. As you think about the game, what, what are your thoughts? I, I, well, before we get to that, I think about all the, there have been some memorable Iowa games in my career. Uh, and Scott Docterman from The Athletic wrote a really fun piece about that and some stuff even I didn't remember, of course. Uh, when, when, Iowa, when Penn State first came in the league, Hayden Fry was, of course, the coach at Iowa. The first time he came in, it was unfortunately for the 94 team. So you had that 61-21 beatdown. And uh, I think Hayden was the first guy that called him Papa Joe, not uh, – not, uh, <laughs> not, not John Cooper. The year, before, yeah, yeah. the year before was the 31, nothing game in Brent Musburger. That was the first time. And, and Dick Vermeil. that was the first <laughs> time, first time I ever went to Kinnick and in the middle of the game, uh, John Saka, John Saka gets benched and Penn state won this game 31 to nothing, mind you. Okay. And in the middle of the game, Dick Vermeil just can't stand it anymore. Yeah. He goes, Penn State's passing game sucks. <laughs> I get all I get a call. We remember we used to have a phone, a rotary phone in the, in the press box and we'd pay for an extra line. I get a call from Jim Carlson saying, 
did you hear about what they said on TV? I said, no, no. <laughs> and it's, it's a whole separate story. Uh, of course, John Saka went into the locker room and essentially quit that day. Kerry Collins was the quarterback for, for real, where they've been dosy doing the year before. And uh, that's really when Penn State took off. I mean, they, I, I believe they finished eight in the, eighth in the nation that year. Um, they went 12-0 and the next year and with Kerry Collins at the helm. Kirk Ferentz, people don't remember this. When he started as a coach in 99 at Iowa, you know, he's a Nick Saban guy, been around the NFL a little bit. He started 2-18 and at Iowa. His first win of any importance at all was at Penn State in 2000. I think that game was 22 to 20. That was a big, big deal for Ference. That you got two years later, they have all of a sudden ascended with uh, Russell, the running back, and Brad Banks, the quarterback, and they played a really memorable game. They were they were they came in and just just blew Penn State's doors off. It was 23 to nothing at one point. Should, should have been 30 to nothing, but they had a TD called back mm-hmm. on a bogus penalty, which was the story of the day. It was the bad officiating all day. It gets to 35-13 with eight minutes to go, and Zach Mills leads an incredible comeback from behind. They tie the game. They go into OT and then get a, a horrendous call along the sidelines against them. Iowa scores first. They win the game 42 to 35. And Joe Paterno is running down the field after the officials and finally grabs one of them. That game is the impetus for instant college replay. replay instant yep. replay, which I yep. believe happened to not the next year, but two years later. I'm not sure about that. Was that game in the Michigan game, right? Michigan yeah. game two got upset. Dick, Dick Honig. Dick Honig was the official that Joe grabbed. Yeah. Then you've got the 6-4 game, which is two years after that. I mean, you've got all these crazy games way back in the past before we even consider the ones with the Ricky Stanzi game in 08 that ruined the, the possible national championship yeah. shot for that team. Dave, you had some pretty strong feelings at the time, whether or not it was pass interference against Anthony Scarato. I don't think I'll ever forget your tirade. You were pretty worked up. A near fight in the press box. Didn't you, didn't you talk to some officials, like high school officials or something later, a couple days later, and you're like, I was right. Everyone agrees with me. It wasn't <laughs> after the merits. Bob, that's what I do best, as you know, is like that Howard Cosell thing. Like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what I do best. Uh, we still haven't talked about the last couple of games. We haven't talked about Juwan Johnson. I mean, what kind of did with the last play thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't really mention how Trace McSorley, the whole game really sucked. It was one of his worst games ever. And then the last drive, he was incredible. Do you know how hard that is? How difficult that is to do where you don't have a a groove of any kind. And all of a sudden he turned it on the last couple of minutes, drives into the winning TD. You know, that's the thing about Iowa's defense is they make life very hard, very hard on opposing quarterbacks, offenses in general. You know, Sean Clifford's first shot at Iowa on the road in 2019, it was a 17-12 game. Uh, Penn State's touchdown, uh, last touchdown was was Noah Kane's run with five minutes left that put him up 17-6. But that game was 10-6, I think, in the fourth quarter. And you just can't. It's really hard to sustain drives against they, this defense. They run that quarter's defense. 
and they 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 divide. Phil Parker divides the back of the defense into a, a field geography that he's actually studied. His kid is a computer genius who works with him, and no one knows exactly what the kid does. But but there are a lot of people who believe he has studied field geography where the most likely points the ball could be from the offense, and he has perfected this. Four two five to stop pretty much what Penn State does well. Right. Uh, coincidentally, um, they switched to kind of a semi permanent uh, nickel about three years ago. I think it was twenty eighteen, and so they play five DBs almost a lot of the time. They play more, more zone than a lot of people do. They, they will they will play man, and the the D, the DBs they got five D, DBs who have all started at least once since 2019. So you have all that experience when they do play man, they're very good at watching the, the quarterback's eyes. They keep everything in front of them and they watch the quarterback's eyes more than any DBs, any secondary that you're likely to see. And if they think they see something, they'll come off their man. You saw it right. against uh, Talia Tungavaloa in that Maryland game where Riley Moss came off his guy and stepped into the, the path of the ball and, Tongue of Aloha didn't know what happened. He was like, he's not supposed to be there. This isn't what I was taught. Of course, he's probably taught a lot of things under Mike Loxley. That there it is, another. There's the token Loxley cut. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I had, had to. Over, oh. Dave, what? So, what defensive player? I know, and you, and they are good. They are good all over that eleven and and their backups. What do you? Who do you think is the one player? Mike Yersich and Sean Clifford have been talking about. Hey. Whether it's that Van Valkenburg, no, nah, I think it's I think it's what, Jack Cam- I think it's Jack Campbell. I was going to say Campbell- Jack, Dave. I was going to say Jack Campbell. You just completely stole my thunder. Is it Jack Campbell or is it Riley Moss? That was my that was my question for you, Bob. Thinking about your question, I would say <laughs> Jack Campbell. <laughs> How's that? He's he's a pretty big middle linebacker, isn't he? He's like. He's six, like six, what is he six, six five six yeah. six two fifty or something yeah. crazy? It's like Ted Hendricks incarnate, yeah. except he's playing middle linebacker. Yeah, and he yeah. flies around, and you don't think uh, he should be able to run that fast, and then you realize how big he is, and you go, yeah. "Man, wow, he's running pretty fast." You think that's the guy? Well, I, I think all of these DBs, especially Riley Moss, Dane Belton, that Matt Hankins, they've got a, a bunch of guys who are savvy and sneaky. And you. Th- this is what gives quarterbacks pause. I mean, yeah. they have ruined two quarterbacks in, in the first few weeks that people thought were going to have big years this year, Michael Penix and Tunga Valoa. Uh, they've ruined them. Uh, they Penn State also where, ruined Michael Penix, too. It's like a double ruin. Iowa got to him first. So so I, I think the, the interesting... Uh, matchup here is a couple Cleveland dudes, one yes. coordinator against another coordinator. It's Mike Yersich against Phil Parker. Phil Parker, you know, Yersich is this is his fourth gig in four years, and he's turned into a, a typical yeah. coaching nomad where he wasn't before. He was at Oklahoma State for six and, uh, you know, in, in the PSAC before that. But Phil Parker is the total anomaly in this business. He has, he has had. Two jobs since 1988. Name somebody else who's done that. He worked under Nick Saban for a while at Toledo. He was stayed there for, for 11 years. Uh, Nick gave him his first job, which technically is kind of a volunteer job. He was a grad assistant. 
at Michigan State under him. He played for George Perlis, and it was a terrific defensive player uh, who put his body on the line. That Perlis actually wanted to try out an Air Force pilot's helmet on him <laughs> because Parker Parker got his head. He, he would use his head as a battering ram, and he was afraid for it. He's a very quirky. He's a friendly guy. He's a no nonsense uh, sort of coach. Uh, players love him because they know exactly what he stands. He's he's not a screamer or anything, but he wants things done precisely. He's kind of like a defensive version of Bill Walsh. You remember hearing about Bill Walsh telling Montana the, the ball has to go right here between the eight or the zero on this route. Uh, on this route, it has to go at the yeah. point of the shoulder, stuff like that. And this is the kind of thing that Bill, Bill Parker demands. He demands perfection and precision. And that's why this defense works. It You have to play Iowa's game in order to beat them. And it's not always fun to play somebody else's game. It's more fun to do what Al Davis used to say in the old days. We don't take what the defense gives us. We take what we want. But you can't do that with these guys. You've got to play them the way they're, they've dictated the game, and you've got to beat them at their game. That was just on a scale of one to 10, that impersonation was like a five. You did not get the New York part of Al Davis, right? Dave, just so you know, I have only had two jobs since 1988. So there, how about that? (laughs) Five years at the Express Times in Easton. And then Nick Horvath hired me to change your life uh, in, in the spring of 1993. And you've been stuck with me ever since. So I'm me and Phil Parker have a lot in common. That's all I'm saying. I've had two also, but only one since 1989, the next year. This is the blue white breakdown. Welcome to cure relief, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. For the fans that maybe haven't followed this this recent Iowa-Penn State history and how Iowa likes to play, and the way that this team is, these two teams are constructed this year, Dave, there's a very, very real possibility that both offenses are going to be backed up inside their 15 to start every possession. Yeah, you got the punters on top they're, of everything. They're going to have to drive a long way just to get into field goal range because both punters are averaging close to 50 yards of punt. Jordan Stout is out of his mind. The Iowa punter is out of his mind. Neither team turns the ball over. It's hard. It's going to be hard yards earned to score points. I'll tell you what, something else that I think both of these coaches, the head coaches are a little bit nervous about it's their, their quarterbacks have improved a lot on game management this year. They weren't so much last year. They pretty much took the offense away from Spencer Petras last year and just said, look, hand off, hand off. They liked him, but the first two games against Purdue at Purdue and Northwestern, they blew the game when they put it in Petras's hands. And they decided we're not going to do that anymore. And they reeled off the next uh, seven games they played. They won them all. And they haven't lost since they decided to do that, make him a game manager. You have Sean Clifford, who 
had the same sort of problems with management. Losing the ball, not valuing the ball last year, he has improved in the same way. So you have this dynamic where you've got these two, possibly the two best punters in college football, <laughs> right? Limiting, sticking yeah. them back in their own ends. You've yeah. got really good defenses facing them, and you've got these two quarterbacks with histories who have gradually improved. This is just a recipe yeah. for turnovers, you know. And whoever is is what you've already said the 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 team that makes the big one or two turnovers is probably going to lose Absolutely. and there's no nothing anyone can do about it. And these coaches know that. Yes. So that's going to make them even more anal. Yes. And, and the number you saw the number, I'm sure 41. it's at 41 now. That's a really small number. And I might still go under. Did you Dave, go under I, in your prediction? You uh, yes. Just tell me whether you went under. I went under. Dave, and, uh, and, and James Franklin knows that last year, Sean Clifford threw a pick six in the Iowa loss, and it was a defensive lineman who ran like 80 yards with it for with a touchdown. So he knows. So he knows. Both coaches know, and they're going to be so close to the best. This thing's yeah. going to look like the Michigan game in 1985, you know, which was – If we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll only might, last. It might look like hours. the 2004 Penn State Iowa game if we're not careful. <laughs> Maybe it'll only last two hours and 35 minutes, <laughs> then you'll be really lucky. Just yeah. maybe just tune in for the last 30 minutes of the game. If you guys have stuff you got to do earlier in the day, game might be close. Last 30 minutes, it might get interesting. In in all fairness, I think if you like, regardless of the score, I'm kidding about not uh, not tuning in the way these guys get after it on defense, the way that they, they really minimize mistakes, the way that they pay attention to special teams in the kicking game. I mean, these are two structured, well-organized teams. And, you know, if it's not going to be windy and it's not going to be rainy, it is, it, it should be one of those games where mistakes will be few penalties might be few. It's just, it's hard to envision a scenario where this game gets in the mid to high twenties. It just is. Yeah. And what would you do if you're Mike Yurcich? You don't want to play that game any more than anyone else does. Would would you try to shock them and go over the top uh, early and often? Would you just throw the ball considering that you haven't been able to run the ball effectively? Yeah. Yeah. Would you throw caution to the wind and do that? Unlike Wisconsin, uh, I think you're what you're when you talk about Iowa's defense and the structure of it and the way that they can play zone, they pick their spots in man, they're opportunistic in the secondary. Um, and you know they're gonna have some a special wrinkle. They will have a special wrinkle for Jahan Dotson. To me, uh, I think that Mike Yersich is gonna design a game plan that is uh reliant on two things. Parker Washington across the middle and the tight ends. If you pay attention too much to Jahan Dotson, there's going to be a vulnerability. I think Parker Washington's going to have a pretty nice game, but I don't see, I don't, I don't know that they're going to try and test Iowa too many times deep because of the way that Iowa plays. And I think Penn state's got to be prepared. You know, their passing game might be a series of seven and eight yard gains instead of, 
you know, 15 and 16 yard games. Penn State likes to talk about explosive plays and how they like to get to 16 percent, whatever that means. I don't know that they're going to get a lot of explosive plays in this game, but I was not going to have any either. It's it's going to be one of those games where if somebody can get up, get up seven points at some point in the second half, you're going to see you're going to see you're going to see a lot less chances, I think, on the offensive side. The, the the tight ends does two things. First of all, it is an available and effective way to move the ball. But also, you have to keep those linebackers of Iowa's occupied, Belton and Benson and Campbell. You yep. have to keep them from starting to bore in and getting comfortable running at Clifford. If you don't do that, if you don't figure out a way to keep that that middle of the, the second level of the defense yep. busy, man, those guys are going to get after your quarterback. You have to keep them busy and occupied, and that's the way to do it. Quick passes to the tight ends. To, and it's not like the, the, the Strange and Johnson haven't proven that they can catch the ball in traffic. They've proven to be strong, to, to, to give them a little yak and move the sticks. That's what you're going to have to do in this game. I would anticipate huge use of the tight ends, at least targeting. Yeah, and just to flip it real quick, Dave, I think that Penn State's defense matches up very well with the two players on the Iowa offense that they need to worry about. Goodson, the running back, and also Laporta, the tight end. Penn State has two safeties that are playing at a very high level, and they're going to they're gonna be probably be responsible a lot for maybe Laporta. And I just think the way that, uh, that Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks and even Jesse Lucetta at some, at some point at the other defensive end spot, the way that they are constructed in the front seven, I think that it's, it's going to be tough for Iowa to get Goodson loose in the passing game or in the run game. Yeah. I, they don't have a Smith Marset. This team doesn't, they don't have one of those yeah. long lean guys uh, that right. they've, they've had in the past. They usually have one. What they do have is a couple of Parker Washington clones. They've yeah. got a little kid named Arlen Bruce, who's been a very dependable possession receiver. He's a little skittery race car, little mm-hmm. bumper car. Uh, I would expect him to get probably a lot of use. Yeah. And um, Charlie Jones, who's Charlie Jones, not that Charlie <laughs> now That was better. That was much better. <laughs> Remember when Charlie Jones, he was always stuck with the, uh, the AFL game in Denver. Yeah. When the power would go out, someone would step on the cable and, and <laughs> he had to do the game through over the telephone, over the telephone line in like black and white or something. Yeah, Charlie Jones is also an effective kick returner. So this is something else that could come out of this game. Both, both uh, special teams have to be aware for the kick returns, the punt returns. Charlie Jones is a very good returner. John Dotson has not busted a return yet. If that could happen, that would be huge. And there's going to be room for these returners to, to return a few because the, the punters routinely boom them. So it's possible. And that would be a massive break yeah. in the game for either team. No one has returned a kick against kickoff against Penn state this year. And I think they've given up 11 total punt return yards through five games. The other stat uh, that stood out to me after they named stout, the co-defensive player of the week, uh, there's only been a one drive that started against Penn state's defense in their territory all year. And, you know, we saw it last week. It was when Clifford threw that interception in the Indiana game. And the, the guy returned it to the 13 yard line. That's how good stout's been. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's why he was special teams player of the week, even when he missed an extra point and yeah. missed a field goal that week. Wisconsin, people, yeah. people were like, yeah, he missed an extra. Well, you know. Where's Jake Pinniger? What about Pinniger? Yeah. How's that look now? How's that look now? Yeah. I, I do think the kickers, it's going to come down sure. to whether, and it, I thought it was great for Stout's confidence that he made that 50 yarder yeah. against Indiana because he's capable of hitting those. He's just not always the most accurate. And you might not get too many opportunities to score in this game. You might have to hit a couple from 45 yeah. or 50 uh, just to get points on the board. Yeah. Uh, so, and Iowa's got a great kicker too. Uh, we will see what happens there. The biggest game of the year for Penn State, the biggest game uh, in the Big Ten to date. Dave, also uh, another good stat that Penn State put out this week. First time Penn State's been in a top five matchup since 1999. Both teams in the top five. Do you remember the game? Um, uh, I would guess it's the Tom Brady Michigan game. No, no, it was the Arizona game to open the 99 season. Yeah, they 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 blitzed uh, Dick Tomey's, uh Number four ranked Arizona Wildcats, right? Yeah, it was like twenty four wow. to seven or something like that. Thirty. No, it was much worse. Much thirty one seven. And a forty forty one forty one seven fifty one seven. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was, it was, that was, was the first game I think that Larry Johnson kind of flashed as a as a running back receiver for Penn State. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and then he he was put in the closet for three yeah. years. Geez, that I mean, was a great idea. Only at Penn State. Yeah, only at All right. Are we, say, are we going to say anything about Michigan, Nebraska? I think we need to. All right. But we got to. All right. 60 seconds. Ready? I mean, I, I know you're going to try and get me to pick Nebraska, but I just, I do not trust. <laughs> I do not trust this team. They just make too many dumb mistakes. They had Michigan State them. dead. They had Michigan State dead and they blew it. Well, what does that say? They had Michigan State dead on the road and only a punt return by their harebrained special teams. They don't, they're the only school in the big 10 that does not have a dedicated special teams coach, by the way. It's, it's like going back and your guy, Scott Frost doesn't care. Your man, Scott yeah. Frost doesn't care. Look, I I'm going to, I'm going to, I've said this. I said this before last week. I think they're going on a four game winning streak, Nebraska. And I think this is one of them. I think that caveman Michigan offense, which will, restrict and retract back to what it was uh, in a big game like this is ready made for the way Nebraska's defense is playing. They're almost on a black shirts level. And Adrian Martinez has been playing his best ball. I think this game is ready made for Nebraska to win. So I'm picking them. Okay. Iowa, Iowa visits Nebraska at the end of the year, Dave. Yeah. Well, that'll be a different situation. Will it, but will it, yeah, I mean they they can't handle Iowa. I don't think they can, but right. but they can handle Michigan. I hope you're right. Penn State, Iowa. They want to hear who you're picking in this game and why. I'm picking Iowa. I'm picking Iowa. I'm also picking the over because well, I thought it was forty. It's forty one. Iowa is a two point favorite. I think something weird's going to happen with the uh, the scoring one way or another. Um, so I'm picking an odd score. I'm going to go with Iowa 22 to 19. So right on it. Nice. Oh, that is on the number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not good at math, man. You are not good at math. Well, I was thinking it was the number was 40 when I picked it. That's what it was when I picked it. Sorry. We will not accept 40. It's 41. Do you want to change it to 23, 19? No, I like it where it is. <laughs> I like it right at 22. I'm not sure. Can, how you, like can, can, there. You, can you pick a push? Can you bet on that? Now, you can't do that. 
I mean, you could, but that would be pretty stupid. Well, what, you know, if you, well, if you, if you, if you would probably get like 40 to one odds if you hit it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. 40 to one. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm sure a bookie would be happy to take your money, Dave. <laughs> if there was a game where you would bet on the push, would this not be the game? I mean, if this game ends 22 to 19, I'm never talking to you again. Cause like, your head's going <laughs> to explode through the screen. I told you, I told you, but, 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 but when you hear me out, I mean, the, the number is pretty much the over under is almost got to land between 30 and 45. I mean, it's, it's actually plausible that you would bet on something like that. If you were going to bet on a, on the number on any game, this would be the game. That's all I'm saying. You know, 21, 20 might be a little bit more in the, in the range, but sure. Yeah, 22, 19. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's, let's have it. What's your big idea? Tough guy. <laughs> 20 to 16 Penn State. Uh, I think that Parker Washington. I like the Lions. I really believe in the Lions. Parker, I think Parker, uh, this is what I think. Parker Washington will be the guy across the middle. The tight ends might get some, because I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the running game. I just think that Iowa's offense, if you can, if you can neutralize the running back and the tight end, Dave, they, they have, Have they had to play from behind by more than three points this year? I just, I want to see that quarterback. I want to see that. I want to see him have to make some throws to win a game. I, I, maybe he can, but I I don't know that they, they've been so opportunistic, Dave. They, they haven't had any bad luck, no bad bounces. You'd probably say the same about Penn state too, but I just think what Penn state was able to do at Wisconsin against that defense in the second half, you could say what you want about Graham Mertz and you'd be right because he's awful, but that defense is pretty good. And they were able to crease them and make some things happen on the road. Not easy to do. So I have a little bit, I have more faith in Penn state's offense, maybe making a play than I guess Iowa's. And that's why I'm going to go 20 to 16 with Parker Washington being the difference. I think you should have done that entire spiel in a mid state man voice. <laughs> I'm, I'm I can't pretty do confident like, I can't the lines are going to come through. <laughs> You can do it better than me. You should be doing that every week. Every week. You need to go. I think you, need to morph into, you should morph into mid-state man for the, when Penn State has to play in Columbus. Listen to this. At, at 730, we're going to be at Applebee's, and we're going to be celebrating. I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys. You, you guys don't even know what the score is half the time. <laughs> I might get two appetizers instead of one. <laughs> all right dave i mean all right i think they've heard enough of us they have heard enough of us for this week between the last podcast and this first one we spent 18 minutes detailing the 1990s history of penn state iowa i think the fans have had it with us for now but we'll be back next week even though it's penn state's bye week to talk about a little bit about this game and kind of the state of the Big Ten because Penn State's still got some huge games, as you've talked about, on the road uh, left to play. See you around, folks. This has been the Blue-White Breakdown, brought to you by Live.